Hey, Queen Freaks. I feel like a lot of you are waiting for me to run out of Queen song title puns. And I, for one, think you're all twisted. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy. He's Kevin. These mics turn our voices into electrical signals that your brain is processing now. Let's talk Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Hey Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Uh, bonjour, bonjour, comment ça va? Uh, bien, et toi? Bien, bien, uh, good, bon, bon. Ouais. This is the uh, the French language version of the <laughs> review, and that's basically where it ends, because that's all my conversational French. <laughs> I don't have much more. No. Maybe a say, little bit. I can say it, but if you tell me the time, I won't actually understand what you've just said. So it's a, a fairly <laughs> empty question, I guess. So. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Kev, I just got back from uh, way up north and uh, it was uh, it was pretty good. You know, it was a little little chilly. Uh, we worked one day in 16 below. That's yeah. 16 Celsius. And in the wind, I do believe they said it was 26 or 7 or something. How does your equipment hold up in that temperature? Everything, there's no problems with equipment? Well, not normally, though. Uh, uh, truthfully, this time I did have a little trouble with my uh, Zaxcom mixer. Right. Uh, just the the, uh, the the temperature differential made it, uh, I think it maybe got some moisture in the circuitry, and I uh, actually had to reboot it several times. But, uh, yeah, everything all worked out, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's been uh, all quiet on the brown front. I uh, I bowled tonight because we usually, we've been last couple of weeks or maybe two or three weeks we recorded on Tuesdays, which is my bowling night. But tomorrow, obviously, is Tuesday because it's Monday tonight. A little peek behind the curtain there. Um, but so I have soccer tomorrow. I'm coaching tomorrow, so I couldn't bowl tomorrow. So I had to go and bowl tonight on my own. So it's really weird being in the bowling alley, just bowling on your own. You're like a right loser, you know, especially when you're shit. You get these, these yeah. you turn, you, you rock up with your little pen and paper that you've got to fill your score in for the league. And you get, you know, there's people on the lane next to you think, oh, this guy's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, no, 140, 140. <laughs> but, nobody, sees you, nobody sees you walking into the bowling alley either, Kevin, and thinks, man, that fucking guy is cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I've got my Chronic Master Bowler shirt on, we do get some looks, but it's not, it's not they're cool. It's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> master Bowler. That's great. <laughs> oh, man, I was talking, I can't remember who... Me and my wife um, were talking the other night about, or I think two or three nights about, remember when um, I, <laughs> I, a long, long time ago, dear listeners, um, we had family in town. And so they, we were going to eat and we thought, well, instead of cooking, we'll just order pizzas in. And so I call up the local pizzeria. <laughs> and the guy on the other end of the phone is a little bit unhelpful. And I said, I'll order, you know, two extra large pizzas and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, usually they'll say, well, anything else and none of that. And I was like, okay, so I'll, like, I'll be there in half an hour. And the person on the other end of the thing said, sure. And I'm like, okay, well, this is weird. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so half an hour later, I get to the pizza place to pick him up. No no recollection, no record of this order of mine. No. So I'm thinking, well, I wonder if I ordered on the west side. Well, no, that can't be right. So I look up the number in my phone and realize that I hadn't called the pizza place at all. And I had, in fact, called Randy, who took my <laughs> order very graciously and said no more about it. <laughs> Oh man, that's the best. It was so I wish funny because more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, uh, we did laugh afterwards. And for years I, since. <laughs> I expected at some point you're going to call me back and say, oh, hey, Randy, I was just fucking with you. Hey, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, like, didn't you said to me, like, didn't you put the phone down and said to rant it to your wife? I said, that, yeah, it was Kev. He ordered pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. Hey, we got an anecdote out of it, so, you know, all was not lost. Uh, maybe we should uh, maybe we should check out and see what uh, the folks on Twitter are saying about our silly little pod. Yeah, well, before we do that, though, I wanted to just quick a quick shout out to a couple of other pods. Um, so my friend Corey uh, Morissette, who does the um, and the podcast will rock uh, the Van Halen podcast, and he also does Backtracks. Aerosmith has a third podcast that he does because he's just an, an absolute animal uh, called Backtracks Theme Music, and I hadn't gotten into that one yet. One, so this one is basically they'll pick one song or the soundtrack or whatever from from a movie or a TV show, and then they'll talk about the song and the movie. So it's a different format from what I usually listen to with the deep dive stuff, but it's super cool. So I would recommend Backtracks theme music if you like listen to that. And so the last episode they, that I listened to was, um, it was this weird, well, that was a couple of episodes. Do you remember the movie Dragnet with uh, Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks? I'm aware Vaguely. of it anyhow, yeah. Now, do you remember the absolutely atrocious rap that Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks did. No, it's it's beyond words. Like it's just absolutely beyond <laughs> words. Full and with a fully produced music video, the whole nine yards. Anyway, so so that was the last episode. And then the other one was just a quick one. Um, uh, David from In the Lap of the Pod. So this is a Queen podcast. I know there's a lot of crossover with people who listen to this. Also, you know, found us through In the Lap of the Pods. Um, so David uh, started the Misty Music podcast with Lu his friend Lucy. Um, so what they do is they introduce one another to an album. Um, and then they talk about it. So, and it's an album that they haven't heard before. What the other person hasn't heard before. So it's a really cool format. Um, and then the first episode they did was Marquee Moon by Television, an album yeah. I'm sure you you're pretty familiar with. And then the next episode, which just dropped today, which I haven't listened to yet, is Paranoid by Black Sabbath. So mm. check out the Misty Music podcast, folks. It's wonderful. Good chemistry and good people. Nice. So the poll, yeah, we had uh, 70 votes on the poll um, this week so far. We got 13 hours left. Maybe we'll get one or two more. It was pretty conclusive. Um, 91.4% champion, 8.6% bites the dust. That's on Twitter. Um, and on Facebook, it was 100% champion and 0% bites the dust. Nice. E.M. Ling, he says, it's probably their best song. So that's, uh, that's a pretty strong statement there. And I, I, our, uh, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, I mean, it is a really strong call. I mean, I... I would struggle to go that far, but I think it's certainly one of the most sort of complete, very experimental, very ambitious songs. You know, and so you take all that sort of the prog ambition that they had in 74, 75, and then you apply all the experience they've had in the, you know, the intervening 12, 15 years, whatever, and then you get this end product. It's super cool. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's definitely, it would not be a statement that I would make, but, uh, but yeah, Darren Helliwell, champion. I was really surprised when it was first released. I didn't think they could write songs like this anymore, especially after some of their 80s material, and fair enough. Yeah, and we talked about it in the episode too, right? I mean, that's that's the thing I said, and I think it was the same experience for most Queen fans who were, you know, established fans at that point. When that song was first played, it just blew all our minds. It's like, holy shit, they're back on yeah. form, you know? Yeah. So Barry John Williams, Alice's dad says, of course, has to be 110% champion. One of the best songs on their best post-Hot Space album. And again, I would struggle to argue. Um, I don't know. I think I've said, I, I think I probably like the works a little bit more as an album. 
Yep. I think the highs on innuendo are high, but there's I think there's a, there's a little bit of filler on that album. So maybe we'll get to we'll get to more of that. So yep. Andrew Shaw. Andrew says, I think innuendo offers so much of what people uh, fall in love with in Queen in the first place. Yeah, that's good. It's not a song I rush to play, uh, but each time I hear it, I want to play it for my friends so, so they can hear how inventive the band were. A champion for me, even if not frequently played. And, and I like that take because that's probably where I would sort of sit on it. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it is it is cool. I'm not sure it's going to you know hit the regular rotation list. I think that's what you said, right? It's not it's not necessarily going to be on your playlist, but I think, again, for a lot of fans, it probably does sneak on for that reason, where it's like that late career, yeah, blast hurrah sort of thing, right? It just sort of shows that they still had it. Yeah. So Paul Wallyboff says, I've gone bites the dust, as it does go on a bit. Having said that, it's Epic Queen and is definitely a throwback to the early 70s. Perhaps with Freddie's health failing, it's one last big, listen to us, we are Queen, and this is what we do. Perhaps I should have voted champion. So he's gone the full... Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets there. You know, he's, he's changed his own mind in the, in the process of one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's trying to convince himself of yeah. otherwise. Uh, well, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think it was very good. And the middle bit was terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. but the, the ending was quite good. Well, no, it was pretty good. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> I love those guys. Abby says, I adore it, but I still slightly hate the you can be anything you want to be bit. I think I'm traumatized from primary school <laughs> assemblies. Yeah, uh, yeah you can't great. you can't be anything you want to be. No. <laughs> you're four no. foot six, you're not gonna be an NBA player. Just that's you know right, yeah. dial your expectations leg, back. You've got one leg longer than the other. You're not gonna be a track star. <laughs> you're not gonna be a sprinter. You're gonna, you might be a NASCAR driver because you can run around in circles really well, but you're yeah. not gonna be a... <laughs> uh, uh David A. Wilson correctly identified. So I did a little intro. I think I might throw another one in this week, but the little intro um, talking about uh, something about I was a laundry basket and he identified that it was Brett Goldstein's fantastic podcast films to be buried with. Um, and secondly, he says Queen throw absolutely everything except the kitchen sink at this. And I love it. And then in brackets, although I do suspect there's a kitchen sink in there somewhere. Yeah, probably Raj is playing one. Dieter <laughs> says monster, tune, champion, all separate words as separate sentences. So I think Dieter likes it, is what I'm saying. I think so, and I think he's right. Our friend Ben, our, our Dutch friend Ben says, despite Freddie's time running out, Queen managed to deliver a sheer masterpiece with this song. Along with Under Pressure, it is their best song from the 80s and 90s, a true champion in my book. And I would, you know, as like I said, I think there's a few other songs that I would sort of put in there. Maybe He Wants to Live Forever, you know, Give Me the Prize. That's, well, maybe it's not in the same bracket as that, but there's a, there's a handful of those that I might make an argument for. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's definitely sort of the at that top of the table when it comes to the anything past the, uh, the game. Yeah, right. we're gonna get into some of this, but we haven't li listened to all of that stuff from those later albums, and mm, yeah. <laughs> Justin Fotheringham says, "Love it, the song and the album, a real palate cleanser from the oversynthesized Miracle album, which was a good album, but not innuendo level good." Yeah, and I'm going to scroll down to the last comment in this thread and then I'll come back up because this is where we get a sort of a bit of a conflicting opinion where Paul Bradbury says, it's a fabulous song, Queen Return to Prague. The only thing that slightly lets it down is the synth. I'd have loved to hear the track properly orchestrated. Yeah. And that's, I, I get that, but I think we, again, I think we talked a little bit about that uh, during the episode. I don't mind the synths on that one. I don't think they're massively dated and I don't think they're, they're not intrusive. They're not, you know what I mean? Like to my ear, they were okay on this one. 
Yeah, they didn't bother me. I would say they're, like you said, they didn't think they're dated. I, I mean, I would argue that. I think they're of okay. the era, but, uh, but, but they don't bother me. But, but, but I don't hate synths like, like, like maybe some people do. So yeah, that's just me. PJ, our friend at New Mercury says this is a champion. It's one of the champions of champions. This would be in my top ten of post the game Queen songs. The way they use the song to open the We Will Rock You musical and the recent Queen and Adam Lambert uh, just shows its dramatic power. Ooh. Ray Clifford, maybe a new listener. My favorite Queen song. Welcome aboard, Ray. Oh, and Corey, our friend Corey Morissette, champion for sure. Similar to Cashmere and Scope, but both <laughs> pale in comparison to the ultimate musical epic, Clam Caravan by Spinal Tap. Another <laughs> Zep connection to Inyendo is Robert Plant performed it with Queen at the Freddie Mercury Tribute Concert. Well, there you go. Clam Caravan. Sounds like a real winner. Thanks, Corey. Yeah, I mean, any anytime anyone's going to invoke a bit of Spinal Tap into proceedings, <laughs> I am there with both feet and a very big smile on my face. <laughs> Where's my bass? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that, remember, I think maybe I think I think you had it. You did you have the DVD or maybe you still have the DVD or the VHS yeah, or something? I do, yeah. With, with, with the, the commentary and the outtakes when they go to yeah. the grave, when is it Hendrix's grave or something? <laughs> and they start singing, you know, it's all it's gone all fucking raga now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, Queen Rocks, or the Aussies, say, what can you say about innuendo? It's fair dinkum, one of the greatest songs in Queen's catalogue. Like Kev, it blew me away when I first heard it, champion. Nice. And Edishkaya Beltranova says champion for sure. So again, we're getting, you know, not too much dissent, just the one <laughs> the one uh, downvote, but then very quickly changes it to note vote after, <laughs> you know, a small paragraph. Uh, uh, yeah, Simone de Beauvoir, however, we say that love innuendo dreamlike, a bit psychedelic and so cool and complex. And Freddie, Freddie's vocals, wowza, uh, getting sicker, but, and I loved hearing you say that the lyrics uh, had to have been written by Freddie, not Roger, because they were good. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> truth hurts. Well, and there's some... I don't know, there's some sort of chat, and I, I can't remember, I think it might have been on a different part of the our, our Twitter feed, someone talking about that, about someone mentioned that maybe it was actually mainly Roger's song. I think that might have been the case. I, there's a, a prick of memory there that I think he had most of the shape of it musically, but I, yeah. I, I definitely think this is, and again, it's it's got Freddie's, you know, it's just got that tone to it that it just sounds like yeah. something Freddie would write, you know? It does, yeah. Black Pie says, absolute return to their majestic best. All the best queen ingredients from all four of them. Bittersweet in that you can hear Fred's voice is thinner. Still a champion knockout for me. Stephen Ursel, magnificent song. So, so good. Small point. I really like Freddie's subtle, but cynical ha after the line, if there's a point, if there's a reason to live or die. Presumably ad-libbed, but adds uh, to the rage he's expressing, and it's just a Freddie, a great Freddie-ism. Yep, fair enough. I, and I do believe you had made... Some comment of that. Uh, I joke. think maybe, but it, it, again, yeah. it's those little things that we've talked about this lot, right? Those things that just get left in in the studio because it's something that's off the cuff, but it's like, yeah, shit, keep that in. Yeah. And it could have even been, you know, it could have been somewhere else, but they think, actually, you know what? That'll work really well at the end of that line. A little yeah. bit of production on that one. So uh, Rob Maher says, I mean, this one's a stone cold champion. So two references there, two Queen references. Uh, Queen's last great masterpiece. And I, I was, I've always called it that as well. But you've got to remember too, the show must go on closes this album. 
And that's a pretty fucking great song. Is it a masterpiece? It's got to be pretty close. Yeah, there you go. Fit Light Photography. The last of the Epic Queen tracks and arguably the best of them. Uh, When this came out, I could finally tell others that this is the band I love and not be embarrassed (laughs) by it for the first time in years. There you go. Well, there's that weird thing, Tiana. We haven't talked too much about that, but Queen was so, it's so strange that they were never really cool in the mainstream music press for some reason. Well, I think maybe we did talk about this, but the music press in England just didn't, they just sneered at them and they thought they were, I don't know, they were overblown or pretentious or something, but, but they always just sort of ignored the musical ability and the songwriting, the craftsmanship, right? So definitely that thing of, you know, if you're in, if you were into Queen when you were my age growing up, especially sort of early 80s, early to mid 80s, it's like, it's a bit of a fucking loser, really, because no one listens to those guys anymore. It's all about Joy Division and, you know, Stone Roses and all, all the newfangled bands, but I always right. love them apologetically, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, hey, Rob Hatton, this is a top five track for me. Freddie's voice may uh, sound audibly ailing during this uh, and the other Inuito tracks, but all of this magnificent genius of his magnificent genius is still there. Yeah, it, it you know, it's really good. It's it's really great. And everybody's mentioning how you can hear his his yeah. voice kind of uh, thinning out. But but hey, you know, still a brilliant performance. Absolutely. Ian Winnick, a uh, great song. Definitely one for the Introducing People to Queen playlist. Like I said, that's among the hardcore. It, it is one of those that you do throw on there, just like I said, just to, just to sort of um, capstone it. Um, and Jim C. Curtis Sparkles, ambivalent as I am to Latter-day Queen. This is a great track. An improbable number one single and a fine way to pretty much bow out. And again, just to sort of recap that very quickly before we we head over to Facebook quickly. Um, yeah, as a single, you think about that as a single, it's crazy that they got that on the chart in 1991. That's bananas. Yeah, it is. It There wouldn't there wouldn't have been much on the uh, airwaves that sounded like that at the time. No, nothing in at 91, all. right? So heading over to Facebook, Bryce, he says, champion for me. I first heard it about 30 seconds in on the day of release as my radio alarm woke me up back in the day, BBC Radio 1. I was nervously hopeful that it was Queen as it sounded like the Queen I used to know and had so long wished would return to their roots while at the same time fearing it may be the new Led Zeppelin sound alike, uh, sound alike Kingdom Come release. I don't know that band actually. I don't know if I've ever heard those guys. I uh, said so my fears were banished when the presenter confirmed it was a new Queen single. Awesome. I could walk into the pub again with my head held high. Queen were back. Um, and, <laughs> said, and then he says, great episode and not too long at all. So thanks a lot, Brycey. Cool. Yeah, uh, Kingdom Come was... Uh, uh... A Zeppelin ripoff band, much like oh, okay. There's a new one right now. I forget what they're called. Oh uh, yeah, what are those guys? Shit. Yeah, but yeah. So that's that's what he's referring to. Uh, Steve, Steve Jonkman, Kevin's comment about Rogers drum fill got me very curious. So I checked out the official store via the Platinum Collection book and tried it out for myself on my very own Queen inspired kit. See picture. I think he was uh, hearing. I think what he was hearing him playing suddenly softer. Uh, with a slightly crescendo in accents, it gives an impression of not coming in on the beat of four. I think this is a uh, this song is a great example of Roger playing to the song. Nothing fancy, but it's the little t- details that make you go wow. And hey, man, good point. That's the mark of any good musician. You play for the tune, not for your ego, not to show off what you can do. You play because that's the part that needs to be played. Good point. Look, look at that kit. It's beautiful, eh? Nice kit, man. Nice got the roto- sweet roto- got the toms and yeah. Yeah, I like the artwork. Yeah, sweet. Nice kit, Steve. Alexander Rye, very simple. Says, Epic Queen, champion. And 
Brian Delaney. Who doesn't love this track from start to finish? It's a winner. As discussed on the show, great lyrics and great instrumentation. One of their best ever. And Sarah Chapman, the um, admin over at uh, Queen Pod, the Facebook group, says absolute, absolute champion of the world. Easy. With love eyes there. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, as always, to everyone who reached out on Facebook and Twitter. And, well, that's it, really, because we don't have anywhere else. No one's emailed us, Randy. I don't think I've given anyone an email to contact us, so maybe I shouldn't Hmm. do that. Yeah, I don't know why we need to start getting emails, Kev. That's kind of a silly idea. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna yes, I'm gonna throw another little uh, little Easter egg into the show here, Randy, for the uh, pod- podcast nerds. So I'm gonna do a little a little intro for myself, and let's see if anyone else can uh, find it, figure out which podcast this is from. So I'm gonna say, please welcome a man who once accidentally called his friend, thinking he was calling the pizza place, Kevin Brown. So if anyone knows who I'm imitating there, drop us a line, and you could win. The admiration and or apathy of uh, other listeners. You could mail these folks an envelope or something. I could do, couldn't I, really? I mean, we talked about the used Randy Woods picks, but I don't know about that. I don't think people are going to go for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe what I should do is I should pick up a couple, couple three copies of um, the uh, new Man Must Die album from Joe and the Lap of the Pods guys and send that out to people to listen to. Maybe I'll do there that at go. some point. <laughs> and just a little quick bit of news before we pick our song for tonight too, Randy. I didn't show you that we peaked on the Canadian uh, music commentary podcast charts this week at number 18. Oh, nice. It's been a rapid descent since then, but we did <laughs> peak at 18. So, <laughs> we so peaked, yeah, us. We peaked. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other thing I guess really quickly we should say is because, you know, we'd had a, a bit of chat back and forth online and we were even talking about it during the last episode. So one of the problems that my good friend Randy has um, is that I, I'm throwing a song at him most of the time that he's not heard before. And you basically just have to give me your take in little 20, 15, 20, 30 second segments. So I think what we're going to do is we'll keep to that for now. But then once we're finished and we've gone through, then we'll go back um, and you can listen to the song properly in full we'll just sit and listen and we'll stare at each other lovingly um and then at least you've got sort of you've heard it once all the way through so we'll we'll do that from now on so how do we pick our song randy how what's the format of this show i'm not familiar with the format kevin oh this is not good this is not a good start well i'll tell you i'll tell you what because i can see it in front of me there's this wheel and it spins at a predetermined speed and uh <laughs> then kevin hits a button uh, and then it stops on a song, and then we just start blabbering on about it, just completely, just without any thought of the future or or anything. <laughs> any consideration for our listeners? Any consideration no sort of... for our listeners, or or you know the planet, anything. <laughs> I think we're I think we're fairly carbon neutral, aren't we? We're doing this over Zoom. We're not. Oh, maybe that's we're using too much electricity, Randy. Probably. Maybe we should just Probably. get together and write all this down and send it out like a like a fanzine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell you what, folks, we're going to need everybody's address and we'll mail you a letter. I'm not sure. Oh, good I'm Lord. not sure it'll have quite the same charm. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'll have to insert Randy laughs maniacally, like just in brackets kind of thing. All right. So as we always do, Randy, I'm going to ask you, is there anything at all that you're thinking that you would like to listen to? Okay. For, this, for tonight's episode. Yeah. I want to hear something off of jazz anything and i think that was my call last week so you know what let's double down on that okay. let's both let's both if we both manifest something from jazz maybe we'll get it because we haven't we haven't had anything from jazz yet 
Should we both concentrate real hard and try to see if we can <laughs> get our game? <laughs> we, we were talking just before we went online. Um, we were listening to a little bit of Tim Mention. And I like the way he, he <laughs> there's one song he introduces. He says, this song's got a lot of complicated words in it, so you're going to have to listen very hard. <laughs> <laughs> so listen very hard. So, okay, right. let's, let's spin it. this bugger and see what it gives us. Hit the wheel. Oh, she's spinning, spinning, spinning. It's almost, it looks, it feels faster than usual, even Randy, but it's slowing down now. And we are going to get another track from a renewendo. Well, you know what? This is a song that we've actually talked about on the podcast before. Um, it's a song that one of our listeners I know is very anxious for us to do. What are we talking about tonight, Mr. Woods? We have Delilah off of. Innuendo. So back so to back dreams, innuendo tracks. Our dreams did not come true for something <laughs> off of jazz. But our dreams have not come true, but the dreams of our friend Corey Morissette very much have come true. I've no <laughs> doubt that he will be oiling himself up as we speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is pictures, Corey. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nobody needs Please. to see that. Yeah. So this one, Randy, um, before we get into it, and obviously we're gonna we're gonna go away right away and load up all our garbage, all our little windows and spurious facts that we don't really particularly fact check. But the nice thing is that when we don't fact check things, people online definitely let us know that we're wrong, which is again, I'm not saying being facetious when I say that. I very always very much welcome being corrected because you, you like to be correct and you know I've said correct too many times now. It's just it's just weird now. But this is um this is a song about one of Freddie's cats, because he was a oh. very, very, he was, a, he was a big cat lady, big cat queen, nice. really. So nice. Okay, well, let's we'll, we'll bugger off, yeah. Get all our facts together, and then come back. And what do you say we talk about Delilah? I think that's a fucking plan, buddy. Awesome. In a world where queen facts matter, two men. One tall, one not tall. We'll scour the internet relying mainly on Wikipedia. Kevin Brown, Randy Woods in Seaside Pod Review. All right. Yeah. So here we go. This song, three minutes, 35 seconds. And we've got all the usual suspects, Freddie, Brian, and John, with a notable exception. Uh, no Roger is recorded uh, at Mountain Studios in Montreux and Metropolis Studios in London uh, in March of 89, November of 1990, with uh, Dave Richards producing. Uh, yeah, so I guess there's a, a, a Brian uses a, a, a talk box to get some really cool sort of meowing effects, which I'm quite looking forward to hearing. And uh, it, it it notes here too that uh, Freddie took on a lot of the uh, programming himself, which maybe didn't make Raj too happy. Well, and there's a quote in so someone had online had sort of said that so we've been using the Queen all the songs book as sort of you know a reference thing. We we got Wikipedia too, and then we use this one. But I also picked up Queen complete works revised and updated. So in that book, it it says that. Um, Roger was reportedly less than enamored of the song and only relented for its inclusion at Freddie's persuasion. You know, and we haven't got into the song yet. And I'll 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 leave I'll hold a comment back and I'll revisit um Roger's hesitation, I think a little bit later. So um 
Yeah, so I'm assuming, well, I'm going to, I know that you haven't heard this song. I know you haven't. All right. Well, I'm glad you're confident. I guarantee it. I'll get as close to guarantee as I can. I'll guarantee it. Okay. So, do you want to listen to Delilah, Randy? I think maybe we should. Delilah. Okay. Was this what you're expecting from Queen? <laughs> uh, well, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, well, it definitely sounds of the era. And, yeah. uh, you know, the drum machine's a little meh, but, you know. I wonder what they use for the drum machine. I wonder if it was a Lin or a, I don't think it's a Lin, is it? It seems it doesn't quite uh, have that pro- same. Probably by the 90s, they would be, it would have moved on from the, the Lin drum. That was just kind of straight really sample crazy. banks and things. Yeah, well, or, or or samplers, right? Oh, man, I remember being a, a keyboard nerd when I was a kid. My dream was always to get a sampler, and I can't, I can't remember what the brand was. Akai, I think it was an Akai. They used to do big samplers, right? Akai, yeah. yeah. Akai, yeah. Oh, sorry, Akai. So I always dreamed about having, you know, enough money to buy one of those, because then you could just sample, you could sample yourself farting, Grandy. Or you could sample, you know, you could do all sorts of weird Al Yankovic shit with that stuff. So I don't know. Never, never, never had enough money to buy one, though. Did you ever have a sampler in your arsenal? Uh, well, just just a computer. No, mm. yeah. You bring me hope. You make me laugh, and I like it. You get away with murder so innocent, but when you throw a moody, you run cause and you fight. That's all right. So you get the tone of the song generally, and I think that when we go back um, to the Queen All the Songs book, it says that sort of the the genesis of this was, you know, Freddie had moved from Garden Lodge to uh, the Montreal Palace Hotel with uh, Jim, his partner Jim, his cook Joe, and Barbara Valentine, um, who he was very close with until the end. And then one morning when he woke up at seven o'clock, Jim Hutton found Barbara and Freddie still up after a sleepless night, um, and Freddie said, "Jim, I've written a new song. It's about my Delilah." So, you know, it's that kind of late night, I don't know, a few beers or a few wines or something, and just, fuck it, I am going to write a song about my cat because I am Freddie Mercury and no one's going to stop me. Okay, so I mean, the first thing you, you got to say about this, I mean, the music aside, because it does sound quite dated, and it's very simple, but Queen did simple plenty of times. And oh, yeah. stylistically and sonically, it's a lot closer to Freddie's solo stuff than it is to anything that Queen ever did. But, you know, we, we've slammed Roger Taylor, and we even commented about, you know, the, the lyrics when you end up being... The, these are very frivolous, yeah. self-indulgent lyrics, right? I mean, but I, mean, I think that's sort of fun a little bit. I think at this point in his career, maybe Freddie's earned the right to be... A little bit silly, a little bit, you know. I, I think he sort of that's okay, and I think this maybe. I bet that's that, that was at least part of Rogers' sort of um, 
reasoning for acquiescing to putting this on the album is like, you know what? If Freddie wants to put this on the album, it's a song about this bloody cat he loves. Let's just let's just give it to him. Let's just let him have it, you know? Well, yeah, and and, and I do believe I've said on the podcast uh, another time that not every lyric has to be a mind-blowing lyric. Not everything no. has to melt your brain trying to wrap your head around the meaning of it right not it doesn't yeah. have to be that way uh and sometimes they can just be fun right so yeah for sure and and it is it is a, a fun light airy kind of silly just little song right yeah and that's fine maybe yeah i'm looking forward to hearing the uh the brian solo here <laughs> You cuddle up and go to sleep beside me And then you make me slightly mad When you pee out over my Chippendale Sweet Chippendale Sweet, is that a reference that you get? I guess maybe I don't. You're asking me, so... A Chippendale Sweet is a very, very, very expensive um, piece of antique furniture basically uh, a couch but it's kind of wood framed and you know i just brought a photo up here for randy to look at so yeah just a very a very expensive couch is what it is so you wouldn't want your cat pissing all over it i see so fair I play see. yeah you know what i didn't know what it was i mean you have a cat and i have two cats and one of my cats is an asshole and she would definitely piss all over the sofa if she knew it would piss us off some <laughs> absolute bastard <laughs> You know, I'll just throw this in quickly. My, one of my favorite authors, Terry Pratchett, one of his, in one of his books, he writes, um, in, ancient, in ancient times, cats were revered as gods. They haven't forgotten this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much the case. Yeah. You haven't trained your cat. Your cat's trained you. Yes. You know what? I haven't listened to this song in so long that I forgot how fucking cool that solo is. <laughs> yeah, it it's uh, yeah, he's kind of he's kind of th those last notes there kind of sound like he's pl playing a bit in the key of Brian there, but but uh, <laughs> but it's cool, yeah. Lots it's of got it's, and it's got that legato to it, right? Where he's, he's there's a lot he's playing a lot of notes, but he's really blending them together. And he's it's, there's no sort of there's no hard edges to it, even though it's that red special. You can tell like it's just that clear tone. But it's not a really attacky solo. It's very, it flows and it's very melodic. And I don't know, I think that's a really cool solo. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, did it live up to expectations? <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Then there comes the talk box, right? You can definitely hear that. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's a little cheesy. Yeah, a little, a little, <laughs> a little. <laughs> Avec gros fromage. 
It's funny with that talk box too, hey, because you know, obviously Frampton just sort of made it what it was. But I think it was Joe Walsh actually who first used it on Rocky Mountain Way. I think he was one of the guys because I think there's someone who had given it to him. I've just, I'm sure I heard a story about this. I'll have to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure the guy who invented it was at a party and Joe Walsh was there and he kind of explained to him what it was. And I'm pretty sure that I'm 95% sure Joe Walsh was the first guy to use it. I might be completely off the chart there. I know Randy's frantically Googling here. Um, but I'll keep talking while you're doing that. Because I was thinking about this with, with the talk box. There's not that many songs in, even in sort of rock and roll, where you think that's a signature part of that sound. Rocky Mountain Way would be one of them for sure. And Sweet Emotion by Aerosmith. And then obviously, do you feel like we like we like we is it do you feel like we do? Do you feel like we do, right? By Frampton. But that's yeah. not like that wasn't a well, I know it's a pretty big hit, I guess. So I mean, apart from those three songs, I, I can't that's bring to mind a ton of other songs that use it. Yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, and also you are right about uh, uh, being uh, built for Joe Walsh. Yes! I thought that was right. I'd read that. I knew I'd read that somewhere. Yeah. No, I second guess yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Broken clocks right twice a day, so. <laughs> I mean, that's such a... If I guessed that, Randy, just, just took a punt on that, that's a massive guess. I think Joe Walsh was the first, you know. Well... I didn't, you know, I didn't say the, what the odds were. I just said that it broke the clocks right like <laughs> twice a day. Well, the odds there, yeah. <laughs> told, I've told you, my, my favorite story about Joe Walsh, too. And we're getting a bit off, off topic, but favorite story about Joe Walsh is like, um, I think the Eagles, did, they did a box set. I can't remember what it's called now. But there's a bunch of studio chatter and outtakes and all these kinds of things. And you hear Joe, someone say, hey, Joe, what key is it in? And then you hear someone else say, yeah, I bet it's in E. And Joe Walsh goes, hey, I made a lot of money in E. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a quick little other note. Uh, another famous song that has uh, a talk box on it, of course, oh, okay. which is Haitian Divorce by Steely Dan, which I had just forgotten that. That's a oh, fucking wonderful I, tune. I don't know it. I think that's probably a bad thing, right? That's probably a bad thing that I don't know that song. Uh, if I were you, I might be a touch embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll listen to it as soon as we're fucking finished. <laughs> I mean, again, it is a very simple song and it's a throwaway thing and it's silly and it's frivolous and it's self-indulgent, all those kinds of things. But uh, there's a few little bits and pieces in it that I still I kind of like. But there's some movement in the song with just some of the dynamics I think are kind of cool. You know, well, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it'd probably be hard for Queen to write something where you can't find anything yeah. good about it, right? I mean, they're Queen after all. I love you, 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 I love you,
I don't mind that that synth drum. Like, I, like that that little bit where he's got the 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 little accents on the snare. Again, I think that's it's kind of cool. It's something a little bit different from the rest of the song. It gives a little bit of you know a punch to end it. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. So, okay, as we talked about at the top. What we're going to do right now, folks, is me and Randy are just going to sit and listen to Delilah. We're not going to talk. Or maybe we'll talk between ourselves as we're going. Um, and then we'll edit the shit out of this, and I won't put this in. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about our feelings about this song. And we'll vote first, and then we'll talk about it, maybe. How's that sound, Randy? Deadly. Okay, so we have now been away, listened to Delilah all the way through again, so that Randy could hear it in its completion. And we then talked a little bit about, you know, I, I threw the song about a couple of little bits and pieces, but for the most part, we just sat and stared awkwardly in each, into each other's eyes and listened to a song about a fucking cat. So, yeah, that, I, I, I'll, I'll pass it over to Randy. Well, so Kev, uh, I think it's really, we shouldn't fuck around. We should just get right straight to this whole voting business here. So what do you think? Uh, does Delilah, is that a champion or does that bite the dust? Well, it may surprise you, but I'm going to say... Um, and we'll get into the reasons why, because I'm going to lay some very heavy caveats on my vote there. But I will throw back straight over to you, Randy, and ask you the same question. For you, is this one one of the champions? Or, like myself, is this going to bite the dust? Yeah, so here, here are my caveats with this. Oh, yeah. I, I don't mind. think it's an awful song. I don't think it's sort of, it's not objectionable. I'd rather listen to this than I get knocked down, but I get up again or anything by fucking Nickelback, especially Rockstar can go fuck itself. So I'd rather, and I, and I wouldn't want it to not be in the Queen canon, but I think it would be okay as a B-side. It wouldn't have broken my heart if this wasn't on the album. So it's just, it's a bit, it's just a frivolous, silly thing that Freddie wrote about his cat. And it sounds like that. And that's what it is. It's got some cool stuff in there. Like I was saying to you, there's that there's that bend that Brian does during the solo, where I, I can't imagine that someone of you know Brian May was such a perfectionist and such a you know a stickler for detail that where he, be, where he bends that note, and he doesn't quite come back up onto the onto the note fully. I think that little bit of dissonance was probably deliberate, and he wanted to leave that in to just kind of almost sort of jar you out of this very very comfortable, very safe. But you know that kind of it's almost like a little elevator music, right? So it just kind of jolts you out of that just for a second. And I think the guitar, like I said in, in, during the song, I'd forgotten that I really, really like this guitar solo. So yeah, so those that, those are my reasons where I I wouldn't. This definitely isn't on any of my playlists. I wouldn't give this. This is one of those songs that that people fucking hated Queen for. It's it's stuff like this. Whereas a fan, you sort of say, well, yeah, but. You gotta remember that it was Freddie's song to his cat and he was he was you know he was dying, so everyone said, Okay, well let him write about a song about his cat. So so those are my reasons, Randy. What say you? Well, okay, so first of all, yeah, you know Freddie's not doing well and, and so they've you know they've they've given him this or let him let him express himself about his about his cat. But uh, I still don't think it's uh I, I it just to me it's not it's not really a great song. I I I I Yeah. I don't like. I don't really like the lyrics. I think, like I was saying before, they're 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 super cheesy, and and that's fine. I get it. It's about a cat. I'm, I don't mean to to run it too much in the ground, uh, uh but uh, to me, the the backing track just sounds like a pre-programmed Casio thing that you could yeah 
buy off the shelf, which of course it wouldn't have been then. They'd have had to actually, you know, it would have been a more different thing. So it just sounds like Freddie Mercury singing over a Casio track. And then, you know, and if I'm going to be honest with you, Kev, I know you said you like that solo. Uh, it's it's not I, for I you. Like it. No, it's 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 not it's not that great. And and yeah, sure. I mean, you know, sometimes musicians like to make things crunchy and and you know give give you some give you some really long extended chords that that make you kind of you know hurt for the fucking root note. But <laughs> I don't I don't think that's what Brian's doing there. To me, it just sounds it just sounds a little lazy and a little okay. I, I don't I don't like it. Damn it. Brian May. Why don't go. you go back and re-record that to please Randy? Because he's not fucking <laughs> happy. So and if you're so listening, say, oh, Brian, and we know you are. Yeah, well, of course. Clearly he's listening. I mean, you know, <laughs> who wouldn't want to know what an old fat man from fucking Saskatoon thinks about a song he recorded in 91? Um But having said that, of course, there of course there are there are good things. Freddie's vocal performance is it's great. The guy can, you know, the guy can sing a phone yeah. book, right? So, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, so that's my takeaway. Don't really yeah. like the song that much. Yeah. Don't like the production that much. Don't like the guitar solo that much. And you know what? Raj isn't on it, you know? How come yeah. they just didn't get Raj to thump on those tubs, man? That made it better instantly. Well, and here's, here's something else that I've only just realized. We didn't say a goddamn word about John, and I don't remember the baseline. So that's yeah, not well, a good all, thing. If, if it's completely it's unmemorable... All... Yeah, it's all very. I find the backing track all very forgettable. Truthfully, yeah. like it's, it literally sounds like a Casio keyboard. Yeah, so it's just a, it's a vanity song. Is exactly what it is, right? It's just that thing. Like I said, and that's where for me this one lands as I like it as a curiosity, as a thing that Queen did j just to do it. But yeah. probably it should have been on a B side. I can't remember the outtakes from the innuendo sessions. I'll have to go back and look at those to see if there's something stronger that should have made the album. Probably there was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's Delilah, man. Like, you know, it's, it's really fucking hard to write a good song about a cat though. Well, you know, and here's I, a, and here's a hard question. Here's a really hard question. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't want to sound like I'm insensitive or anything, but let's just say Freddie was a hundred percent well. And as far as everybody knew, he's going to live into his eighties. Would the rest of the guys say, oh yeah, Fred, we got to, yeah, we got to keep this one on. <laughs> I think that would probably told him to go piss up a rope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know Absolutely. that's just what i think you know no I, I like i said i mean I, I said that you know very early on i think that's exactly the case he's like okay well yeah okay well we'll let, me, we'll let this go on but you know there's a couple of the songs on this album that i think are a bit yeah. you know given this not being queen's last hurrah that might not have made it either or certainly yeah. could have been you know because I, th I think this album i'm gonna say out right now i think this album could have been trimmed by two songs so and this would be one of them, obviously. So there you go. Yeah, and just very un unqueen like. It doesn't really sound like until you get that guitar sound. I mean, even with Freddie's vocal, like I said, it always sounds a bit more to me like it almost sounds like a B side of one of his solo projects rather than a Queen song. So uh, should we let these good people go home and Well, why why should we? Life? Why should we well, keep them here indefinitely? Because oh no, hang on, wait, they can just press stop, can't they? Yeah, we could keep talking, but really oh, the, the power's the power's in the finger. <laughs> as the actress said to the bishop that's right as the actress said to the bishop where the fuck does that come from I, I mean for it to become a phrase how often were actresses and bishops hanging about why were they knocking about together in the first place when did that happen was was the intersect was the venn diagram of loads of actresses and loads of fucking bishops where it, for so long 
So much so, yeah. Why? Why, Randy? I want to know why. There's your homework for next week. Tell me why. All right. I'll look into it, Kev. What? Before we go, the last thing we should say quickly is that um, next week I'm buggering off uh, up north of Canada. I mean north of Canada, very close to the Arctic Circle for work. So next week we're going to – well, actually this week we're going to record another episode – but Randy's going to do the social media stuff by himself, and we're going to sort of glue that all together. So it, next week's episode might sound a little bit different, but we're going to get it as close to you know the the sort of the perfection that you're they're used to, the the, le- the, the level of quality uh, and excellence that you're you've come to expect from uh, Seaside Pod Review, which is very it's a very low bar. Let's let's face it, <laughs> the bar's on the ground. <laughs> Can't limbo under that fucker. That's right. Okay, well, let's leave the last word, as we always do. I mean, hopefully it's not the last word we start talking about a goddamn cat again to Freddie Mercury. Good night. Good night. If I was to title this episode, I'd say, My, my, my Delilah. Or, that's what the actress said to the bishop. Side note, that saying is British in origin. It supposedly originated from a conversation between the actress Lily Langtree and the Bishop of Worcester. They were at a country house weekend party and on Sunday morning before church, they went for a stroll in the garden. On their walk, the Bishop cut his finger on a rose thorn. Over lunch, Lily inquired about his finger asking, how's your prick? To which the Bishop replied, throbbing, causing the butler to drop the potatoes. And with that shit segue, we would like to know what you have to say about Queen or Delilah. So you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. If you've got some time, check out that Deep Dive Podcast Network. Lots of great stuff there. We will be back with you next week to blabber on needlessly about this wonderful band. Thanks for tuning in. Brand new angle, highly Kiss, Kevy. Seaside Park Review. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.